Good morning. It's good to be talking uh, to you again. We're just starting a small series on prayer, which of course is situated in the middle of our three month of prayer, Prayer Cubed. I'm going to take a particular text to talk about this. I'm using Psalm 23. And the reason I'm using it is that David, who writes the psalm, addresses some real life issues, really difficult things. And yet it's in the context of his relationship with God and how God supports him through that, which I think is directly relevant to the way that we approach prayer. I don't know about you, but when I approach prayer, I often am tempted to start in the place where my own head is on that day. That might be things I'm anxious about, things that I'm excited about, people that I'm going to meet or people in my family, particular things in my diary that I'm focused on, or maybe just the things that I'm ruminating about. So we dive straight into the practicalities and start talking to God about that. David talks about really practical things in this psalm. Psalm 23, 4 and 5 says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod, which is a sign of or symbol of God's authority, and your staff, which is a symbol of God's support, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil so my cup overflows. So David's facing real things here, the value of the shadow of death, the real challenges, the really difficult things that we face, whether they are literally death and health or whether they are more metaphorical big challenges or things which cause us to really struggle. And also victory over his enemies, which were him political enemies or military enemies, really physical, present, threatening things. Paul tells us in Galatians that our chief enemies and the, those that we are battling against are the spiritual authorities and dominions over which we can claim authority in God's name. And David has victory over these things. He's, God brings him a feast in front of his enemies, which is a symbol of victory. God is with him so that he has no fear when he's walking through the, the valley of the shadow of death. But of course, that's not where David starts, not in these practical things that he has to face day to day and the big challenges that he faces. So I'm going to go back one step in the psalm to uh, verse three, where it says that he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the first thing just to capture there is God is doing these things for the sake of his name and bringing glory to his own name. Yet it's a psalm of comfort for us in difficult situations, but actually God is showing his own glory through the way that he operates in our lives. And he does it by leading us in paths of righteousness. So that could be moral righteousness, the way that we behave, whether we're complying in our lives with God's principles and standards of, of righteousness and of holiness. That can also be translated in the original, lead, being led in right paths, a on the ways that God wants us to be, in the place where God wants us to be, uh, going down routes that he wants to take our lives. Equally, being led in paths of righteousness can be equated, if you look at the way the word for righteousness is used in other places in the, uh, in the Old Testament, with God's peace or prosperity. In other words, his presence bringing us blessing in our lives. So God leads us into those places and as he leads us down his right paths in right living, uh, in, uh, into places of his blessing, so when we face real difficulty, we can face it 
with no fear because his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Or we can overcome the enemies that we face uh, in our spiritual and everyday lives. Well, that's great news. But it doesn't even start there. Because before talking about God leading us into paths of righteousness, which of course is active, the way that we live, the places that we go, the things that we do. It's a much more passive, peaceful place that David starts in the presence of God. Because he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So where David starts is not in all these everyday active things that he needs God's help for, not even in living a right life and following God's leading in his life, but he just starts by being relaxed in God's presence. He talks about being in a safe place where God has led him, God has made him to lie down, just like the shepherd would take his sheep to a safe pasture where there's plenty of grass and a nice stream where they can be refreshed and it can lead them beside the stream and they can drink and enjoy that refreshment. In that scenario, the sheep learn to trust the shepherd. They learn to recognise his voice so that when he does lead them out, they're able to follow and confidently trust him. Even when we go astray, he restores my soul. And restoring there, the original word is the same word as we sometimes translate repent. It's about returning back to where we belong. So he restores our soul back to where it belongs, back in his presence. So actually, although David talks about really difficult things and it's a psalm of comfort about God being with us in difficult times, where that strength, where that victory comes from is by being in the presence of God. Pete Grieg, in his book, How to Pray, which is a great book, talks about being slightly mocked by a monk when he talked about creating the 24-7 prayer. The monk was, to say, was saying, so um, how do you know when you've prayed enough if you're going to pray every hour of every day? But imagine if that hour that... You pray, he said to Pete Grigg, was just time where you settled in the presence of God, communed with God, focused on his word, meditated on who God is and what he says in particular parts of the scripture. So that God is so much part of who we are and part of our relationship with uh, our prayer life is centered around our relationship with God. Then we're so close with him and walking him with him, perhaps I could say in paths of righteousness, that the rest of our day is a life of prayer. We're able to naturally bring to him those difficult and challenging circumstances so that our whole prayer life comes out of initially just being in the presence of God. So I want to encourage you, when approaching prayer, do, as in fact uh, Pete suggests in this book, start with pause, which is what the P in prayer in the book is for. What does that mean in practical terms? My suggestion is that I've got three particular ways in which I've done that. One is at the moment I will sit in our lounge when I first get up and just read a passage from the Bible, or maybe a psalm or another passage, and just get the thought that, that God prompts me to as I'm reading that. 
Then I go for a walk. I've been going for a walk for about 20-25 minutes and I'll be deliberately mull on that piece of on that passage or focus on just thanking God and praising him for who he is so that I'm in his presence. Then uh, that becomes part of who I am during the day. And yes, I will pray about things as I go on that walk, but the focus is being on the presence of God. That's when I just have a short time. Sometimes I'll take longer in order to just spend time reading the Bible, maybe reading a Christian book, maybe just reflecting on what it's saying, maybe taking a particular word or verse in that Bible, in that Bible passage, just to focus on, uh, on God and who he is. At other times, I've taken longer. I used to go to the cathedral regularly when we could and perhaps spend an hour. There are times when I spent half a day just walking, reading gravestones even, reading a book, writing down what comes to mind. And God's really been able to speak to me uh, about things in my life and my situation. So I'd encourage you, whether you've got two minutes at the beginning of a prayer time, whether you've got a big chunk of time to God, start by getting into the presence of God. I think other people will speak on this, may talk a bit more about ways of doing that and ways that they've found. But just taking time to be quiet, to read some of the Bible, to let God speak to you, to thank him for who he is, to acknowledge who he is before diving into all the requests that we want to seek God for. Which of course are an important part of prayer, but it comes out of our relationship with him. Let the Lord be your shepherd so that you won't be in want. Let him make you lie down in green pastures. Let him lead you beside quiet waters. Let him restore your soul so then he can guide you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So that even though you walk through the valley of death, of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. So that he will be able to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So that goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. And finally, let's bring this psalm round to just finish off by saying, we've started in the presence of the Lord, but the whole purpose of what God does in the rest of the psalm ends in the final verse. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May you dwell in the house of the Lord forever.